0: Library podcast. I am one of your librarians, so Stacy, and I'm very excited to talk to our guest today, who is Julia Seals. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Um, we're here to talk about your book, A Most Agreeable Murder. First of all, I love the cover. It's really cute, and it took me until today to really, like I blew up the photo because I'm looking at it on my phone, and I'm like, oh my god, look like, at all the little things.
1: Yes. The artist Lisa Perrin is so talented. She actually has her own book coming out soon um, about different poisons. Oh. And she yes, she is incredibly talented. I, I follow her on Instagram and I'm always so excited to see her posts. <laughs> well,
0: that's exciting. So your book comes out as of right now as we're recording this, it's the 22nd of June and your book comes out next week. Yes. Is this your first book?
1: This is my first book. I'm very excited, very nervous. It comes out in uh, under a week now, so I'm very ready for it to finally hit the shelves.
0: It's gotten a lot of good praise and like fully worth it. Um, I'm loving reading it. I do love um, when I got like the blurb info for it of if you like uh, Knives Out or Clue and Bridgerton, and I'm like check 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 <laughs> I'm like alright like this is fun uh, you got star reviews from publishers weekly and kirkus and like kirkus star reviews are from my experience in the book industry and the library it's hard to get so that's awesome
1: yes i feel very very honored to have received such kind words so far so, so what
0: inspired you to kind of write this book
1: um, I am a huge fan of Jane Austen and I'm a huge fan of Agatha Christie. So I really just wanted to write something that would combine those two worlds. And I wrote the majority of the book over the course of lockdown and the pandemic when everything was just so crazy and uncertain. And I really just wanted to write something where it was a world that I could feel comfort and you know, everything's tied up neatly in the end. And so that was really. I wanted to just write a world that I wanted to live in at the time. And so I try to just combine a few of my favorite things and a lot of humor. And that's how I came up with The Most Agreeable Murder.
0: Do you want to give a short summary about the book
1: for our listeners? Yes, I would love to. Um, the book follows the protagonist, Beatrice Steele, who is a young lady living in the town of Swampshire. <laughs> and um, she is... Very interested in true crime, but of course that's not proper for a lady, so she has to keep it a secret. But then when she attends a local ball and a gentleman drops dead, she is both scared and excited to solve a crime herself.
0: It's very exciting because when reading the like summary for it, I was like, ooh, okay. And as a lover of like true crime myself, like I'll uh read stuff. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine um because of as we're talking about, like, we're talking about the whole Ocean Gate, Titanic, Merciful, and yes. my friend's like, are you ready for this new case? Because when the, what, the Idaho murders, when that was happening, and he's like, oh my god, because we talk true crime to each other, and we're like, fakes at Texas, like, oh my god, what about this, or what about this? Yes. And solve it. so I'm like, oh, she likes reading about this with Sir Huxley, <laughs> like, her little secret, which... It's so entertaining to read of like, you know, she combs the newspaper and has ink on her hands we're talking way back when in the day. I love you, Beatrice. <laughs> <I've>
1: <laughs> can seen I see some much, of myself I- in you. Yes, I, I put a lot of myself in that as well. I love listening to like all the podcasts and reading about all the cases. And so I definitely I I feel like we all can probably relate to that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would probably react the same as her. So a death happens in the book and she has to help solve it. And I I don't want to say like who dies for people because you should read the book. But what she says is she's observing the body is like using what she's learned reading the article. Like, like, you know, she, it's like, it's different like seeing it in person and like, actively. Mm-hmm. like I'm very excited to take on this case and help. But uh, it, I it's like, wow, it's like real. I'm like, I would, I would be like, I don't even know what to do. Anything I thought I knew would go out the window.
1: <laughs> yes, it's, it, it's definitely easier to be an armchair detective, I would imagine, than to be actually there and experiencing it in person. Well,
0: <laughs> But I have to ask, some of the names that you have in there, especially last names or the name of where they live, Swamp, Swampshire, Swamp, Swampshire. I'm not sure how to
1: pronounce it. I would say well, Swampshire would probably okay. be the, the British y way to say it. <laughs> so that was very interesting, some of their names.
0: What inspired you of the name?
1: I wanted to just have a lot of fun with kind of some of the last names point to what might happen to a character. And I, I wanted to be almost farcical with it and just have a lot of fun um, with the names. But I also was very inspired by Regency era names. So I would look at lists of what names were popular at the time, obviously take ideas from Jane Austen's books.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: Youngest sister, Mary is obviously named after Mary in <laughs> Pride and, <Fred> and <laughs> Prejudice. So I, I was very inspired by characters from Jane Austen, but I also wanted to add kind of the goofy clue clueness of it all where it's just kind of just hitting the nail on the head, um, comical.
0: I do. I didn't even think of that as I'm reading them, and you're getting introduced to the character. So I was just like, "Oh, that's a funny name." Like, "Oh, I like this." <laughs> and to, to kind of, but you could kind of see that. I mean, Beatrice Steel is like, you know, she's ready for this. She's strong yes. to handle it. So you said you researched some of the popular names. What was more of your research like for this book? Did you have to do a lot of it
1: or? Yes, I I definitely did a lot of research. The fun thing about writing about a made up town is I was able to kind of create my own roles. And so I used the research as a jumping off point and then just had fun with my imagination. But I definitely went down some weird rabbit holes. I was like researching the history of the toilet and a lot of history of like architecture and houses and what was popular at the time, because I wanted the the house and the setting to be very time period accurate, but kind of interesting there. So I went down a lot of weird rabbit holes. I also studied a lot of Jane Austen in college and I wrote a paper about makeup and hair and clothing in the Regency era and so that research was something I kind of went back to for this book in terms of the weird beauty rituals and how much of their makeup was just literal poison and it was it's very fascinating how connected the clothing and the makeup and the hair was in that time period To the politics of the era, it was very popular to look kind of like you were wasting away as a woman because, you know, it was the Napoleonic Wars had happened. There were a lot of men had gone away for battle or died, and so it was sort of like this romantic ideal of wasting away for your lover, and that was reflected in the hair and makeup and clothing of the time. So I find that kind of interesting how it all feeds into each other's things. (laughs) No,
0: that that is interesting. I mean, I didn't know some of it. I knew, like, it had it involved with, like, politics and what you touch mm-hmm. upon in the book of, like, morality and the high society yeah. of all of that. I, I knew some of that just from reading on my own of interest over the years. I did think it was interesting with some of the makeup stuff of putting belladonna in your eyes to makeup. And I was like, I never would have thought of that, like... And like it was,
1: that was a thing that they did. They literally would put Belladonna in their eyes to make their pupils look larger. And that was, you know, considered beautiful. But it was like, you are literally putting poison
0: <laughs> into your eye. I, it's, yeah. Cause when looking back, I'll watch like, I, I'm a fan of like watching like, I guess, makeup tutorials or just like the stuff about makeup on YouTube. So I'm like, oh, I like this is cool either because I'll try to attempt it myself and fail, which is a whole other story. Or I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. And a few like makeup people will go into like, oh, I'm going to do my makeup as if it was like, you know, the 1920s or um, a few of like cosplayers and historical customers will go into something further back in time. And it's always interesting to see like what they use to try to get, you know, the vibrant red for lips or even blush or mm-hmm. something like that and I'm just like I would never think of that like I mean I growing up you know pinch your cheeks to make them look livelier <laughs> and rosier, and I'm like that's painful I don't want to do that
1: beauty beauty has always been pain
0: <laughs> I, you wanna know I say that to my husband when he's like why are you taking so long it's like we're going out or something
1: and mm-hmm. I'm like beauty
0: is pain like yes uh. <laughs> you know don't just, just deal with it because yeah. I'll I'll be like oh we're doing a, a, a joke because sometimes I, I like self-care and all that I are like oh we're going to spa mentor since that's my last name and I'm like all right we're doing a face mask today and she's like I don't want to sit here and deal with this and I'm like it's good for you like he could care yeah. out for such opposites
1: like, well I feel like that's that's very Regency era like they were like you know you go to the seaside and you and I think they were onto yeah. something with that kind of stuff where it's like it is oh, good yeah. for you to take that time for yourself and enjoy enjoy nature and and yourself and I think that's good
0: <laughs> I mean they talk about if you bring it up of having to leave moving out of the city with and going into the countryside, like the fresh air and yes. you know, the, the springs of Swampshire. I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. And how that, I like how it ties with like the morality of stuff. I'm very entertained of the books, like How a Well Behaved Lady. And I was like, I love that. Like, I want a travel edition. Not that we live in the same society, but I'm just like, oh. <laughs> just no
1: know how to behave. I definitely would have been immediately exiled. I would not be able to follow
0: any of the rules. I, I'm with you on that. I would have been exiled as well, just from some of the stuff of when two people, two women were exiled and living in France because they were caught cheating playing the parlor game. Yes. Um, I was just like, wow. And I, I kind of feel like I relate to be just that I would want to. I'm I'm definitely not as witty as she is. Um, but I would want to I would wanna like talk back and be like, well. Wow. I'm like, can't do that in this time. Entertaining. Um, I do love one of the two, and that's a lie, three characters aside from Beatrice really stand out to me in in what I've read. And I'm very entertained by Mary, the youngest sister. Because <laughs> I'm just like, what are you up to? What is what are your secrets? Um, she she stands out and I love the like little notes in the book of like well Mary was you know her dress blended in with the wall so like you don't she's not there (laughs) (laughs) um, I love their dad Mr. Steel I don't play pranks like he does but I used to jump out at my dad like he would to his daughter (laughs) because it was entertaining Um, I love his the, the things he comes up with to try to do stuff, um, especially the pooting pillow, I'm like, oh my gosh!
1: My family is I I have two brothers, and my family is very into pranks. And growing up, we used to hide this very realistic looking doll around the house to try to scare each other.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So we we are very much a prank. Family. My middle brother bought one of those morph suits where you it like covers your whole body, and he would hide in shadow and jump out. My mom. And so it, it was very much inspired by my family just being silly with each other all the time and trying to scare one another.
0: That's hysterical. I love that though because it's it's a fun family dynamic. I could appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very entertaining. I do also like um Daniel's little sayings that he has yeah or all the, like the little he always has a quote for something that always rhymes
1: I had a lot of fun writing those I was I was always on rhyme zone like okay <laughs> I need to- except,
0: I want to ask did you come up with all of them yourself or some of them like things that you've ever heard
1: I just made them up I was on rhyme zone all the time looking for little rhymes I mean except for I think there are a couple where it's like happy wife happy life that yeah. kind of thing um but for the most part I just uh made them up I I used to be very into like songwriting in college I was okay. I, love, I love musical theater love all of that kind of thing so I kind of went back to like okay writing like songs poems gotta make but, but I wanted them obviously to be very comedic and uh lighter so but I, I thank you, RhymeZone. You are a gem of a website. <laughs> That's awesome. I owe them all of the credit for helping.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, the first one that like that comes to mind is I think the first one in the book of a lady's nook is incomplete without a book. And as a librarian and a reader, I was like, of course, you are right, Daniel. Like,
1: that one, I I would stand by. I think that is correct.
0: <laughs> I get, it, it just was entertaining, and that like he seemed to be writing his own book of sayings for like. Mm-hmm. There's always something like, oh yes. I was just like, oh, like life advice. I'm yeah. I'm into it. I I just I I can't get enough of of the book because you have it's not just like the story. You have kind of like side pieces of it, whether it's a receipt from Mr. Steele prank store or the scenes that another character miss bolton writes as she's helping the investigation of being like a note taker it's very like it, it's very entertaining it can be like yes a death happens it doesn't i, I wouldn't necessarily this is like super cozy mystery because it's not like all oh, gruesome and we're getting into the grim details of it all mm-hmm. and everything's dark and you know it's a dark stormy night as it happens yeah. <laughs> but it's it just like as i'm reading it like if someone wants to be near but you just hear me. It's gonna be like, huh? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, it keeps you entertained, it, it, so you have the mystery to solve. You have the humor throughout. You have the relationships that are intertwined because it's a small town in the country. It just, it's just—it's a very—I was about to say eye-catching, and I'm like, that's not what I mean. Like, it's just, it just—it keeps your interest throughout, and it's kind of like if you're watching a good movie or something with that. And I think it's very well written in that sense of like, okay, you have, you know, it's kind of light enough that like it's smooth sailing, it's got the humor, it's got the murder, it's got the relationships that a lot of people like reading. And I really think you could really tell the inspiration of Jane Austen. I think like the family relationships, the atmosphere and setting, in a sense. But then you have like the tidbits of Agatha Christie, like I've only read and then there was none. And as I'm reading it, and they're all. Stuck in the house, I'm like, oh my god, I, never, I never <laughs> see it. Um, or you know, you have famous detectives, um, I'm gonna butcher his name like Hercule her, well, Poirot, I'll just say that because I can't. Say
1: you got it, that's it. So
0: it's just you know, you have kind of that nitpick, and like, even just reading about um, Sir Humphrey and um. Because I was about to be like Vivic Drake. I'm, I'm. See now I'm messing up names. name. Did I get it right?
1: That yes, Vivek Drake. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um. So you have that. Or you have like you know like a touch of like almost like Holmes and Watson, like of a partnership mm-hmm. or you know main and assistant. Depends on who you ask and talk to of the characters how that went. But it's just very entertaining. Like was this easy for you to write because of your background of stuff and. Or was it hard to kind of nitpick and then you were surprised at like how it all came about?
1: Well, first of all, thank you. I'm like blushing over here. Thank you so much for such kind words. I mean, I have a background in screenwriting, so I did my undergrad in fiction and then um, I got my MFA in screenwriting. So I definitely was very inspired by that type of writing where it's very dialogue focused, very character driven. But I also just I, I have a comedy background. I Did years and years of improv and so I I think I was just trying to think of what what would I find the funniest at a given time or what would keep my attention and obviously I was very inspired by Jane Austen as you said with the relationships and then Agatha Christie with kind of the way she lets a story unfold and the way she drops clues. But yeah, for the comedy, I just, I I took a lot of just what, what would I enjoy most at a given time and what would make me excited? I'm a huge reader. So I think that's just helpful. Cause you're like, I know what it's like to be reading a book and I know what I want to see. And so yeah. I just think about that. I, it was actually a librarian who first recommended Agatha Christie to me. And I, I also read, and then there were none in middle school. And <laughs> <laughs> then have going back to the library like okay I gotta read all of these now so that that just like has I think that has a huge influence when you're a reader you, you know you know what you like and you can just think if I were just the audience and not the writer what would I want to be happening right now
0: well it's very well done I cannot praise this enough yeah. I was I will I was telling coworkers, and I'll tell listeners and people in my everyday life i just it's It's a very good book and it hits a lot of different tones. So I think it's got wide appeal for it. So it's not just like, oh yeah, like you like Burchison. like here, you'll like this, but you won't like it if this, like it hits a lot of different things that I think a lot of people would like. Um, I'm very excited because I am in a book club. So I'm going to kind of want to be like, hey guys, book club, like good book, come on. And it's available in different formats, which I know is like a huge thing for book clubs out there. Um, It's available physical it will be available physical book, ebook, and audio in those multiple formats. I was very excited to see because i was like, oh, there's an audience. That's primarily how I read, uh, um, listening in too. my car.
1: I love audio. I'm a huge audiobook person. I and my reader Fiona Hampton is incredible. I've I've listened to it oh, and welcome. it's she does an excellent job. I I'm also a huge. It's it's so nice. I just walk around the house cleaning and drying Yeah. Like, yes
0: they're great if it's a good narrator that always helps stuff um I'm like I'm a big fan of if I find a good narrator I'll not only like look to see what else they've done for like recommended reads or listens um but also it's fun because June is national audiobook month so Perfect. I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to get this on audio to so them like listen to parts of it because I feel like that would be really entertaining some of the scenes Oh, um, yes, it's,
1: it's very fun. To, it's exciting for me to hear it because it's kind of like, you know, reading it. I'm like, at this point, I've read it many times. Right. <laughs> but hearing it's is, is exciting to kind of hear someone else's interpretation. And it's very fun because the narrator is British and obviously oh, I'm not. So it's fun to hear it. I'm like, oh, this is how it was meant to be. <laughs> no, it's,
0: it's great. I'm, is there any, um like, I was told um, from Penguin House when asking about the book that it is option for a film, which I think is really cool because some of the questions we like asking authors, of if if we don't know ahead of time, like, do you see it more of a movie or like a TV series or mini series? Like, how do you envision it?
1: Well, um, I was very honored to be able to write the script for the feature film. So that was a really fun experience to adapt my own work. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting time right now. Everything's sort of on pause because of the writer's strike. That's true. So pay our writers. But yeah, I mean, I I think it definitely is something where it, it could be adapted in many ways, whether as a, a film or a TV series, obviously right now where we wrote it as a film. So um, that's really fun. I'm hoping that we can find, a director who's the right fit and um yeah it's it's definitely an exciting process very different from the publishing process but um it's 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 fun to dream and think like oh who would I cast and
0: yeah I was gonna fight like any like dream cast because I know either authors themselves have it or even fans will be like oh I think you should really cast this person as this
1: oh I mean that that's the best because then you're like finding out about people that you may not have thought of and you know it's it that kind of thing is very fun I am a huge fan of the show Sex Education and I think those actors are all stars and I would cast all of them I think they're so talented but obviously anyone who's been in the Jane Austen movie I'm like put all of them in it I think it would be so (laughs)
0: They'd be great. I mean I do love it because all I just think about is Mrs. Steele. Like, I need to find eligible husbands. And I'm like, okay, Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it would be really fun um to cast someone like Jennifer L, who played um, Elizabeth Bennett in the nineteen ninety five Pride and Prejudice. I would love to see her as Mrs. Steele and kind of I think oh that goodness. would be a really fun uh, Yeah. Okay. Movie. Like Ooh, people who they? have previously played one type of role in the sort of Jane Austen universe and see them play another,
0: I think that would be really fun. No, that'd be really cool. I'm a fan of that because I, I just like seeing that. I mean, I did not see the Little Mermaid live action yet, but I know that um, was it. Jodie Benson who played the voice there. I think it was her, but she has like a little kind of cameo in it from what I've read.
1: So oh, I'm like, that's oh, really I like funny. when you kind of
0: have that crossover in a sense. I'm like, yes.
1: hey, I love that. They did that a lot in um, Enchanted. Uh, so, they had so many of the um, princess voices
0: playing roles yeah. and that's I just cool. think that's so fun.
1: It's like a little fun treat for the fans. Yeah,
0: like if you're a fan of something of it, like, mm-hmm. you feel like, yeah. like yes, you feel in the know. It's fun. Yeah, like the little like Easter eggs of sorts. Yes. Well, so are you working on anything like another book? Would you do a a sequel to this make it a series are you able to talk about any of this or is it all we'll circle back. I
1: don't know um I am working on a second book right now but it is a different book um something very inspired by Kentucky which is where I'm from originally um I would love to do a series um I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure what I can say. Um, I, I mean, I did intentionally set up the end of the book to hopefully be a series because I have a lot okay. of ideas in this world. And I I would really love to kind of develop a lot of the characters more. And, you know, I, I think it would be a really fun thing to see other places in this time period. and other yeah corners of the world so that's definitely
0: something that I dream of doing that's so exciting okay and then I'll, I'll sort of finish up how did you did you write like using a computer or did you like handwrite a lot of stuff did you know exactly how the plot was gonna go or did it kind of just like happen as it was going
1: I outlined the mystery very <laughs> carefully at the beginning. Um, wh- one way that I really like to do the mystery is to sort of do it backwards and okay. take where I want to end up and then go backwards and add the clues in. And that way I know it's sort of like reverse engineering it. So that, that was the way I really worked on the mystery structure. The character structure is something that I feel like in working with my agent, Rachel Kim and my editor, Emma Cruz. So they really challenged me a lot to with each draft to really deepen the character development and so that was something that kept becoming richer with each draft thanks to their expertise um but I'm I'm a big fan of I'm like as long as the structure is solid I think that's really important because you can always edit and revise. And as long as you're not tearing down load-bearing walls, that's what <laughs> one of our bosses used to say, just we don't want to tear down a load-bearing wall, but yeah. you can always you know, go deeper in, and really get into the characterization as long as your structure is there, especially with a mystery, because you want to make sure like all the clues feel tied up and everything feels very paid off. Well,
0: I think you did a great job. I literally can't gush about it enough and I'm just like oh it's fun and and like as I like some friends at work are in this week so I can't be like hey I think you'd really like this I mean I could message them but I'm lazy so I'll I'll wait till I see them in person like guys like this is a fun book it's interesting it keeps your attention it's not like you're kind of like oh I mean I will but it's like not that it's to start, but as you're getting introduced to everything and really getting a vibe for the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the characters, it then really, like the ball really gets rolling when the murder happens, and you're kind of like, oh, yep. we're now on this. Like, okay, we've got everything. We think we know everyone. Yes. And it's it's definitely interesting, like the secrets and the, the tidbits that come out as they're investigating. So I would love to see more. I'll keep my eyes out for that. But I definitely recommend the book, guys. It is a fun read. Uh, The library does have a copy on order. So when it comes out on the 27th, you can put yourself on hold or come pick it up. We will have it. I wanna thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the podcast and talking to us about it. You're always welcome back, as we say to people, because this is fun and I can't wait to see about what you're working on next. So please come back. (laughs) It's gonna be like spoiler alert, please come back. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that listeners can see me being like whispering. I'm like, yeah, tell me. <laughs> um, but we're gonna close this chapter of turn the page. So thank you once again for coming, Julia, and I am Stacy, yeah. and we'll be signing off. It's time to close this chapter of turn the page. Join us for the next episode.